0: Gentlemen, welcome to Talk and Dreams. I am your host with the most amateur podcast. My name is Rajiv. Before we go any further, we are on the Twitter and the Instagram. That's at Talk Dreams. That's at T-A-L-K. The letter N like Nancy D-R-E-A-M-S. On those pages, you will find our link tree where you can find the right podcast platform for you. So make sure you're on that perfect platform for you and make sure you hit that subscribe button. And hey, if you feel like it, give us a five-star review. We would really, really appreciate it. On the show today, we have actor and wrestler James Bolton james recently was on the show young rock which airs on nbc here in america and on other platforms worldwide we talk about his coming up as an actor and how he had two dreams going simultaneously of wanting to be an actor and wanting to be a wrestler and how he kind of lost his way a bit but eventually found his way back to both acting and wrestling James was an open book, and I really appreciate the fact that he felt comfortable enough with me to really open up about some of the struggles that he had gone through. I open up a little bit about some struggles that I went through as well, so we do touch on that a bit, and it's just really cool to have a conversation with somebody that wasn't afraid to just really let it all out there. So thank you again, James, and I hope that you all really enjoy this episode. We do have an inspirational quote this week. And here it is. Success isn't always about greatness. It's about consistency. Consistent hard work gains success. Greatness will come. That was from The Rock. Let's get to James. All right. So I have with me a man who recently made his debut on the hit TV series, Young Rock, portraying Double J, Jeff Jarrett. And in my research, I read that on his IMDb profile, he's often likened to James McAvoy and Bradley Cooper. How about that? And he's also a trained professional wrestler. I have with me the one, the only James Bolton. James, how are you doing today, my brother?
1: I'm great, Rajiv. It is a pleasure to be here.
0: Oh, It's truly an honor for us. I mean, we have not had many people on this show that have been recognized on, on a national show or even a worldwide show. I mean, we've had Eric Bischoff. Uh, there was a couple other people that we've had on as well. But, you know, you have been on a show that is really hitting on all cylinders, Young Rock. What has been the experience so far being on that show? I know you've only been on just a few episodes so far.
1: Well, yeah, um, and even after just a few episodes, the only word that really springs to mind, frankly, is life-changing. Mm. Um, you know, just the scale of the show. See, we we don't have NBC here in Australia. It's it's on a different streaming service down here. Mm-hmm. Um, but knowing that I now have a job, a credit, uh, what have you, on what is really, I guess, one of the biggest television networks in the world um it it does mean a huge deal for my career both in wrestling and acting um there were so many things about landing this role that just it 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 was like all of the stars and planets and comets in my life aligning getting to blend all of my loves together so the experience has just been unlike anything I ever even imagined, um, as, as a kid dreaming of of stuff like this, I I couldn't have, this is the kind of thing I always say to people. If you wrote it, they wouldn't believe you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And so you, you just touched on it a little bit as a kid, what was your dream and your aspiration? Did you always want to act or get into wrestling or both?
1: This is a very interesting opening question. and, And I know this is, um, an audio podcast, but we've got some video on. And um, Rajiv, you might notice I'm holding a, a keep cup out of which I'm drinking my cold coffee because it's eight o'clock in the morning in Australia. Um, and it's a Batman keep cup. And um, I, my biggest and earliest dream was actually to be Batman. Um, and that is kind of in a funny way what leads us down the road that I've actually wound up going down. Um, I was obsessed with him. I didn't have a Disney phase. I didn't have a comic book phase per se. I just loved Batman. Um, And that's all I wanted to be. And when I kind of got old enough, four or five years old to understand, you know, well, that's an actor portraying Batman. To me, it was a no brainer. Okay. Well then I will be an actor because something that, I had as a child that I've, I've still got today as an adult is I can't just admire something from a distance. Uh, if I admire it, I kind of have to be it. Mm. Um, so if I was the kind of guy that if I really liked space, I had to be an astronaut. Mm -hmm. So I liked Batman. I had to be Batman. Um, so I wanted to be an actor since a really, really early age. Um, And when I turned about six years old, about 1997, um, I was introduced to professional wrestling. And it took all of three seconds. Once I figured out the concept, what it was, um, okay, I'm gonna be a wrestler, uh, which isn't all that far removed from being Batman, by the way. Um, And then wrestlers became my superheroes. The Undertaker became my Batman. And um, I just always grew up with this kind of, uh, I suppose, a dual dream of being an actor and professional wrestler.
0: Who was the first actor that you saw play Batman?
1: Uh, so mine was actually Michael Keaton, who okay. I, I think to this day might be my favorite Batman. Hmm. Uh, I think Christian Bale is my favorite Bruce Wayne um but uh i i watched a lot of michael keaton uh when batman and robin came out in 97 which was the george clooney batman um i actually went to the premiere uh down here in melbourne oh wow and yeah my dad i don't know what strings he pulled but he pulled some strings and he got me um like a vip invitation where i i rocked up in a limousine as and then i'm i'm six years old at this point and i used to always wear my batman costume i wore it around the house like i was a a bit weird um and (laughs) at the premiere they kept making announcements saying batman will be here shortly five minutes three minutes whatever so of course if you're at the premiere you think george clooney is showing up and then this big long stretched black limousine shows up the middle of the city and um This little seven-year-old kid comes out of, six-year-old kid comes out of the back in a a Batman suit, holding my little invitation from the network, just waving at everybody. And you just heard this collective, aww. (laughs) And then about five minutes after that, the Batmobile showed up and it was all, my dad sort of managed to make a big show out of it for the premiere. Uh, So George Clooney as Batman holds a bit of a soft spot in my heart for that reason. But Michael Keaton's my Batman
0: yeah and as as it should be i know that my dad he uh he really likes adam west that was his batman mm. way back when and he was uh, great he he was great it's just like it was a more cartoony version of batman than michael yeah. keaton's who uh i think that was a lot of credit could go to tim burton as well because he took it on a much more serious and dark path that i think really appealed to a lot of people so
1: oh yeah i think he unlocked a lot of that original comic book, Batman, and brought it, and figured out how to bring it to the the film stage. Yeah, absolutely.
0: 100%. So let's give a brief overview of who you are. Uh, What are you currently doing? Any hobbies that you have? Just a little bit to let anybody who does not know who you are, let them know who you are.
1: Oh, okay. Um, I'm James. Hi, everyone. Um, I am a 31-year-old, um, sort of, uh, full-time thinker. Um, I am very, um, how do I say this? I tend to want to dissect everything and get right into the weeds of everything. So I guess depending on the month that you ask me, my hobbies might be one thing or something very different. Um, I have these sort of hobby phases, um, I'm a. I'm quite a history buff. I'm a huge geography buff. I'm a um, a desperate um, lover of travel and seeing the world. Um, I haven't seen as much of it as I would like to have by now. Obviously, the last few years have um, changed some of our plans. But put it this way, I'm I'm a sort of a ten-year-old boy trapped in a 31-year-old's body who has a dream of one day having a short list of the countries he hasn't been to. Outside of that, my my hobbies are very much what I what I am for a living, uh, an actor and professional wrestler. I'm a, a movie buff, a TV watcher and a lifelong diehard wrestling fan.
0: And being in Australia, is, is cricket a big part of your life as well? No, it should be. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> and my fiance, whenever See? she hears this, is just going to roll her eyes because I'm sure she's going to be like, of course he brings cricket into play with this one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so cricket's big in, in Australia during the summertime, which mm-hmm. is which are the winter months for uh, the US. But honestly, I've never been a lover of sport. It's always kind of, I don't know, uh, I think this goes back to my, to my primary schooling years or my elementary schooling years uh, where I wasn't a very masculine child growing up. And this is the late 90s too, mind you, in the early 2000s. And I grew up in a very suburban town about an hour out of Melbourne. I suppose it, it's a very... Um, this, this might not mean a lot to a lot of people, but it's a very Australian part of this uh city where sort of masculinity is very cherished and uh, and and so forth and so sport is huge and i just as this quite an effeminate kid shied away from it completely I, i wasn't very physically gifted i um wasn't very quick to learn things i didn't there was just a lot i didn't understand as a kid. Um, so I didn't understand, I, to, to learn the rules of a sport was probably just a little too much for me. Mm. And I think it just made me shy away from the idea of sport altogether. And so I kind of just always said the only the only sport I'm into is professional wrestling. So cricket is something like my dad would watch it a lot. I would try to kind of sit down with him and, and, and absorb it and watch it. But it's like Australian rules football to me. I, I just couldn't fully grasp it and, and get into it.
0: Yeah, I've tried watching Australian Rules football too. And I just, <laughs> I can't, I can't grasp it. And I think it's just maybe like it's an American thing where I'm watching it, but I'm not really absorbing it. So that could be why mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. understanding it very well. To me, it just looks like rugby. So I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> It's so fast paced as well, man. Oh, like yeah. it just blink and you missed it.
0: Yeah, for sure. So with yeah. acting, you, like you said really young age that you thought okay that's what I want to do what was your initial thought in how you were going to pursue it did you think it was going to be easy or did you understand like it's going to be a pretty hard road to get to where I want to go
1: dude I thought I was going to be an Oscar winner by 15 right like and <laughs> WWE champion a few years after that like man I've not nah, hard this was going to be the easiest thing ever because like I wanted it so you mm-hmm. know um Yeah, really, I, I didn't grasp that concept very much. Uh, I just kind of always had the mentality of, well, if you want it, it'll happen. And, and that comes to a huge, uh, learning curve in, in my life about what it actually means to manifest something in, in real time. So yeah, I kind of just kind of always thought, oh, well, you know, that's just something that will kind of find me in a way. Obviously I was dead wrong. <laughs> yeah, so I, I just thought, all right, well, I'll just sort of be around it for now. And I, I, I did a lot of drama class. Well, I shouldn't say I did a lot of drama class. It was, you know, elementary school. So, you know, it was sort of a side subject. But um, I certainly my ears perked up in those classes. Those are the only ones where I really listened and, and was able to do well at something. But as the years went on in my childhood and I sort of started to reach adolescence, I think I kind of just lost my way a little bit, which kind of goes into a whole bunch of other things to do with with uh, mental health and what have you. But I, it's almost as though the dream of acting and everything just uh, faded into the mist a little bit. And my priority was to survive. And it didn't come back until I was about 16, which is when I actually started my acting career, and even when that happened, I thought, okay, well, there's a very there's a clear path to take. I can, I can draw a path to being a professional actor, wrestler. I don't know how I'm going to do that. There's not really a scene in Australia for that. I, you know what? Maybe I'll, maybe I'll make it as an actor first, and then that'll be my platform or or something like that. But but acting became the focus. I, along the way. Uh, had these sort of incremental moments where I, unbeknownst to myself, was slowly building the toolkit that would later become an acting and wrestling career. Um, I got my black belt in Taekwondo when I was 13, um, reached my instructor's status by the time I was 14. And then I left that to do amateur wrestling for a year and did regional tournament up in my home state of Queensland. And then right after that, I turned 16 and I started acting. And that really, when you think about it, is the toolkit for being a professional wrestler to learn how to strike, to learn how to grapple and to learn how to act Mm -hmm. and perform. Outside of that, no, I didn't have that clear path. That's something that sort of had to reveal itself to me over the course of the next 10 years.
0: Yeah, I... I'm like you at a very young age, I had watched something on TV and was like, Oh man, that's, that's what I want to do. I want to act. And kind of the same thing. I was like, Oh, like this guy's on TV all the time. He sucks. And I'm way better than that. So (laughs) it's going to be pretty easy. And then, like like you along the way it's like oh wait a minute like that's not a it's not quite as a walk in the park <laughs> as i'm thinking it's gonna be <laughs> like yeah, yeah that guy sucks but he clearly had a pathway to get to where he is now so uh and it's all right. of course acting is a very subjective thing some people are gonna think someone's really good that another person's gonna think is really bad so um uh, mm. i kind of opened my eyes to that too like okay well just because i think he sucks maybe there's a really big fan following out there for this person too. So, so just like you, it was like, Oh man, I'm going to just crush it. Absolutely crush it. And then got older and was like, Oh wow. That's, that's not easy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's the concept of hustle. Um, right. I think is something that, that has to, it has to take time to kick in for a lot of people. I didn't understand what that really meant as a child, which I, I kind of, the, the balance in that, I can accredit to both of my parents. My dad is um, very much a kind of, I think it's right-brained, the, the creative side. He's very much the creative-minded, uh, dream big, anything's possible. My mother, on the other hand, was always more kind of the pragmatic-brained, Mm. almost analytical, which when you think about it is kind of um, my dad, my dad had certain feminine qualities and my mother had certain masculine qualities, which is really interesting to grow up around, um, just from a psychological perspective. So my, uh, so the way I always kind of word it is my dad taught me to dream. My mother taught me how to, you know, wake from the dream Mm. and get the, uh, and make it reality. So I really, I owe a debt of gratitude to both of them for teaching me those two components.
0: Yeah, for sure. And for me, it was the opposite. My mom was the one that was dream big. You can do whatever you want. And my dad was more of the, okay, like, sure, you want to do that. But what happens if that doesn't work? Uh, What are you going to do? Uh, Mm. Are you going to have something to fall back on? Like, what what are your plans? So he was always a, you need to make sure you have plans in place sort of person. Whereas my mom was like, You know, if that's what you want to do, then go for it. You can do it. No problem. Mm -hmm. So can you walk us through your steps of becoming an actor? Did you work on a stage crew somewhere to get your break or do an internship? Like, just what steps did you take to get to where you are now?
1: So this starts when I was uh, 15, 16 years old. And I was in high school up in my hometown, which is the Gold Coast. Uh, It's just up the East Coast from Melbourne sort of how Miami and, um, I was in 11th grade and I was in my first bout of depression. And along that time I through family, friends got in touch with one of the teachers at my school. Her name's Betty and Betty was kind of given, um, you know, a request by my mother and, and family to just keep an eye out for me in school. And so she would come and check on me. I was one of the only students that was on a first name basis with Betty. And she would always come and check on me. And then she would ask me, you know, what, what makes you feel good? What, what do you like in school? And, you know, I'd sort of say, oh, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I'm not very good at school. Um, I mean, I like drama. My understanding of that by this point, because remember, these kinds of dreams and aspirations have faded into the mist. My main reasoning for that was, well, I don't have to think much in drama you know it's kind of the bludge subject so she said okay let's go with that there's a, a talent show coming up i think all the spots are filled but they do need an mc so, okay okay fine and I, you know i'm just watching the world pass me by at this time like i'm on a treadmill i'm just yeah okay cool so she goes all right well let me talk to some people and we'll see if we can get you a little mc spot and i did that and by the time it came along, I uh, you know, got up on stage. I'm, I'm 15 at this point, And I'm introducing some of the acts in the talent show. And uh, nobody knew who I was at the school because I was what they call a wallflower. I kind of just, I didn't really sit with anyone. I didn't have any friends. I just kind of observed from a distance and went, oh, I wish I was cool like them or what have you. And then um, it turns out what had happened was when that talent show was then shown back to the teachers on video. One of the teachers, John, who was the head acting teacher at the school, saw me as the MC and said, who is that kid? Another teacher says, oh, that's uh, that's James. He's in my whatever class. And he said, okay, interesting. I hope he auditions for the school musical next year. Well, I found out about the school musical next year and it was Greece, And I in that same kind of, uh, whatever attitude was told about it was said, maybe you should audition for it. Oh, fine. So I wrote my name down and said, you know what, if it doesn't work, whatever at this point, uh, I didn't know the saying at the time, but I was kind of having it running through my head that you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Mm-hmm. Let's give this a go. So I wrote my name down and as the audition came up, I I auditioned to be Danny Zuko. That's who I wanted to be, the John Travolta character. Whatever, like shoot for the top. And then, because it's not like I'm that, I'm not that sure I'm going to get it anyway, but maybe right. along the way I'll land a cool little chorus role. <laughs> and in the three days leading up, I, I was sick, man, with nerves. I couldn't eat. I just, I was so sick. And that really was a huge message to me. I'm not advocating... Um, being so nervous that, <laughs> that you're sick. But but what I am saying is that uh, that revealed to me how much I actually cared. Mm. And then um, what wound up happening was I, I got the role of Danny Zuko in Greece. and that was my first ever role uh, in, in, in an acting show. And I performed in front of 2,500 people at one of the auditoriums on the Gold Coast, and I was – for the first time in a long time, happy in my element. I loved it. I loved rehearsing. I loved being able to invest my mind into something that I felt I could understand, which was make-believe. That's what I can understand and storytelling and have opinions and talk to um, the director who's, you know my teacher um so remembering this is small time stuff but um i loved it so much and i just said to myself okay this is who i am now this is what i do now and i don't do other things anymore Mm. i do this and then every time that audition sheet came up for something my name was the first on there and i became known as the acting guy in in high school and i loved that because it was an identity for me and I, I, I felt it and I understood it and I connected with it. And then that carried me out of high school. I got to know some um, people within the school that worked in community theater around the Gold Coast. Uh, before I graduated high school, I landed a role uh, in a community theater play. We did Much Ado About Nothing by William Shakespeare. Nice. It was one of his, uh, one of his comedies. Uh, beautiful, wonderful play. And I performed it uh, just after I graduated high school. Uh, in the park, it was an outside performance um, next to the main highway of the Gold Coast. We performed in during peak hour traffic mm. and we were completely unmiked.
0: Oh, and
1: no. <laughs> it was just awesome, man, because <laughs> I love this stuff. This was grungy theater and I was introduced to it at that time. And that was my first time getting to meet and work with professional actors and having them look at me and kind of tutor me and take me under their wing. And it just kind of rolled from there, man. And, and, after that, that's how I got in touch with my first agent and just started auditioning for lots of wonderful things and starting to taste, Oh, you got shortlisted for this role. It was between you and one other guy. Oh, okay. This is real. I can, I can legitimately do this. And then, um, uh, once 2013 came around, I got into one of sort of the, the, the big three, we call it the big three drama schools in Australia. And mm-hmm. it was down here in Melbourne, which is where I grew up. And I came back down to Melbourne in 2013 and I um, studied acting 55 hours a week for three wow. years. And yeah, it was, well, it was like an institution, you know. Mm-hmm. And I did nothing but theatre making and acting full-time for three years and I came out in 2015 back out of the microwave into the world and I have just been sort of playing the theater film tv circuit ever since
0: so you've done both you've done theater you've done
1: film you've done
0: tv well tv so three technically do you prefer Mm. stage work or do you prefer camera work more and what would you say is the biggest difference between the two
1: so I think that there's a symbiosis between them. So I love doing all of them. I always intended to be a film and TV actor. Mm. Theater is, to me, the best way in. I always, I, I'm, I'm glad that I'm a theater-trained actor coming into film and TV as opposed to a film and TV-trained actor coming into theater. Mm. Theater, I always think it's um, easier to go big and then pull back as you need. Right. And that's what theatre taught me. So, do I prefer one to the other? I quite prefer film. I like film because it's probably the most meticulous Mm -hmm. of the three mediums. You get to take your time on it. TV shows are amazing as well. They can also be, you know, very quick-paced, you know, moving on, moving on. Film, uh, I find you can really get into the minutiae of things a little bit more. Theatre is something I don't do as much of these days as I used to. I got maybe a couple of things lined up later this year on stage, but I, I like to come back to it every now and then. To me, it's almost like the actor's version of going to the gym. Right. There is there is a pressure because um, theatre really is the actor's medium. I think Denzel Washington said this once. Um, theatre is the actor's medium TV is the writer's medium film is the director's medium Mm. and that's a really interesting way to look at it so that's why I really like theatre I think those are the biggest differences and also the the obvious one of theatre you are playing to a back row you're playing to the nosebleeds like in professional wrestling you're always playing to the nosebleeds whereas TV and film which I'm starting to really develop a love for is playing inward towards a lens. I really enjoy that. And I think that's because I'm such a sort of introverted and very internalized person. That's just my way of moving about the world. So I enjoy the thought of bringing that aspect of my personality into my work.
0: So going from the acting institution that you were with, you said that you found your agent eventually along the way and that you were starting to get your one of the last two or it just went down to you and one other person they ended up going with the other guy was there ever a point in that aspect of it as you're building your resume or trying to build your resume that you it was like oh man like this is like i knew it might be hard at this point because you know when we were kids we you and i both oh it's gonna Mm -hmm. be a cakewalk we realized it wasn't going to be but from that point, was there ever a point like, "Oh man, this is even harder than I thought it was going to be"? And what was that point for you?
1: Hundred percent. That happened a few times. So the first big moment for that of that for me was when I graduated from drama school, and we had a sort of a graduating showcase uh, where we put on a a show. And we invited agents and casting directors from around Melbourne and around Australia. Wow. People were flying state, And then we all flew up to Sydney as a, a cohort. And we did the same thing in Sydney. And I was very fortunate... Um, After my performance It's one of these things You kind of feel like cattle You kind of You all do your performance on stage And then after the show You all go for drinks in the foyer And basically you're at the prom And you're just waiting for an agent (laughs) To come up to you And you're watching all your friends Get, you know approached and and i i'll never forget that day because i didn't sleep at all the night before i was so nervous and there was one agent in particular i really wanted to hear from Mm -hmm. anyway the performance happens and i i got i was very fortunate like i said i got approached by several agents including the one i really wanted to to be approached by i went on several meetings with agents, it felt very real. It was like, oh my God, like this is now, we're in Melbourne now, baby. Like we're not <laughs> on the Gold Coast anymore. You know, that was like, that was coming from, you know, Kansas to LA. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I got an agent, I got the one I wanted, all, all all of that. I'm auditioning like crazy. Nothing, nothing, nothing. A year goes past now. Oh God, I'm a year out of drama school. Okay, wow, drama school becoming a memory. Nothing, okay, all right, No, that's cool I'm still doing a bit of theatre here and there, cool uh, Not landing anything though, not in film and TV Okay, It's that's okay, that's okay I'm very used to the word no at this point mm-hmm. And I understand, I'll hear a million no's I understand, it's perseverance man Just keep going, keep going Still nothing It it, it did get to that point Maybe about a year out of drama school Where, where I thought, okay How long will this take? Mm. And now I'm in my late 20s And you know, where are we going here? (laughs) That lasted a while, but then every time you have that thought, then you just remind yourself of how many actors you admire in the world that were in the same position as you. I actually want a, a play that I did back in 2015 called Cloud Street. My director intentionally directed me in a piece where I had to physically push a piece of the set for about 90 minutes continuously the play went for three hours oh, wow. and he told yeah he told me at a later date he said there was a reason i cast you in that role and there was a reason i made you push i, I directed you to do this very symbolic pushing of the, the, the set so because i can see in your personality that you are very ambitious and that you're just you're, you're trying so hard and then maybe sometimes you get a little lost mentally and he said I, I want you to f- i want you to just keep pushing and that's why whenever you said to me in rehearsals hey do i do i keep doing this or do you want me over here now just keep pushing just keep pushing so i want you to always remember that and i've never forgotten it and now every time that thought comes into my head oh man this is really oh it's taken a while like it's been so many years or whatever just keep pushing and his voice is in the back of my head i reached a really very existential moment in about, well, really, 2021, uh, yeah, last year, uh, the pandemic was in full swing. Melbourne was in a very hard lockdown. Melbourne is um, the most lockdown city in the world. We had something like 200 and, so I, I don't know, man. We're like oh. the Roman Reigns of lockdown. I don't even know. Um, <laughs> and uh, acting, wrestling, everything went just bust. And that was my biggest. And I was like, I really got to start thinking now about what's going to happen because I don't know what the industry is going to look like after this. Um, so that that was when, and what I'm sure we'll get to it, that's when Young Rock came along. So when those moments come along, uh, it's funny how the universe works itself out.
0: And you, you know, so you're going through all of that, of the, you know, just waiting, just waiting, just waiting. And you mentioned earlier too, that, when you were younger, you definitely went through some some mental health. So was that a, a big struggle as well while you were going through this just waiting period? Did did your mental health start to wane on you as well? And if so, what are ways that you work on it so that you don't keep your mental space there?
1: Yeah, I absolutely did. Um, so I've got a history of um anxiety and depression. Had about probably had about five bouts, I guess, mm. five or six bouts of depression. Anxiety is just kind of a constant acute sort of a thing and it's every every bout has been different just as it looks different for pretty much every person Mm -hmm. and when it does hit my tendency my sort of my knee-jerk reaction is to go into a cocoon and just kind of hibernate you know just hide away Sometimes in in a relatively healthy way. I'm still kind to myself, um, but I just kind of, I need to go over here and hibernate for a little while Mm. and heal or whatever that is. So I have my little outlets that I go to towards that time. For my last bout, which was kind of a very mild uh, but prolonged bout, which was during the lockdowns of COVID. Um, At the time, uh, I had a partner who was incredible for me at that time. Hugely supportive would help me seek out my outlets and help me employ them. But you know what? Sometimes it's not all that complicated. Sometimes it's just finding a couple of YouTube channels you really like and developing a structure and just finding some solace in them. I found a lot of solace in wrestling, At that time too, I would um, turn on the network and I'd go back and watch like 90s and early 2000s wrestling like these are my outlets. And then when my body's ready, when my mind is ready, I say, okay, get up and just keep pushing. And I come back to that again. And maybe sometimes it feels a little bit like you've got to force yourself. Mm. And that's that's okay. That's not, not such a bad thing push. Maybe you're not forcing yourself. Maybe you're pushing yourself. So, my outlets kind of change every time. It uh, was a huge factor. It was a huge factor in my drive, my motivation to to push for my career. Uh, That's something I'm very happy to have overcome at this point. I've learned a lot about myself, about my depression, about my anxiety. I've learned how to live with it. I do not suffer from depression. I do not suffer from anxiety. I battle depression. I battle anxiety. I'm not a victim of it. Um, And I'm very happy to be able to say that now. I walk with it. I come to peace with it. And I push right on fucking through it. Pardon my French.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, that is a, a great way to look at it. Uh, I have been diagnosed with anxiety and depression in the past as well, and uh, there's definitely something to be said about, you know, the nostalgic stuff going back to that because it's your comfort place It that that's what you know it, it makes you feel good so for you it was going back to 90s and early 2000s wrestling. For me it's usually old indian music back when i used to hang out with my grandfather he would always have cassette tapes playing or old indian movies on the television so that's my way of dealing with it is the same thing just going back to something that's really nostalgic that brings me mm-hmm. back to a mental place where i remember being extremely happy
1: mm, absolutely it it really helps be, i and i wonder if a part of that is because it um brings you back in touch with your inner child and um maybe in a way reintroduces you to your initial not necessarily hopes and dreams in life but that too but also just it's almost like a factory reset Mm -hmm. is a way i think about it i go to to go back to my factory settings which (laughs) is who i was as a child that's what birthed who i am now and yeah, so I think maybe it's the same for both of us is we kind of go back to that stage in our lives and then we go, let's refresh, let's start anew. Okay, now here's me as child, go from there. Mm. And then you sort of rebirth your adult self. That is such a philosophical thing to say. Wow, yeah. James. Um, well done, James, well done. <laughs> whoa, dude, I'm getting <laughs> leaving acting. I'm going to become a psychologist. Well um, <laughs> But, uh, but no, it, I think it is a little bit like that, maybe for both of us.
0: Yeah, for sure. So like you said, yeah, Young Rock came around. You find your way there. How did that come to be? And did you ever imagine that you would be on a show that is available worldwide?
1: <sighs> um, okay, so Young Rock comes into existence uh, 2020. It goes into production. I found out about it. Okay, I'll, I'll backpedal. I started training to be a professional wrestler in 2020 because my partner at the time found out about a school about an hour and a half away from Melbourne. Hmm. She said to me, James, the school's opened up and I know you've always wanted to do this and I know that you've, you've kind of put it off because you've allowed people and you've allowed the energy around you to tell you that it couldn't happen you need to go and do this. And I was so ready to say, nah, nah, don't worry about it. Like, you know, my old habits, she goes, you have to go the tryouts in like three hours or something. Like I had no time to prepare. I was out of shape because like we were entering COVID and I was entering like a bit of a bout. Mm. And, um, I was like, "Ah, fine. Okay. I'll do it. Because it's been 20 years, or longer, nearly 30 years of me wanting this in my life. So I drove an hour and a half to the school. I did a tryout. I got in. I started training to be a wrestler. Okay. I've had my first match by this point. No, have I? Oh, whatever. I'm at least training for my first match. One night, I'm scrolling through Instagram in bed. And we're in lockdown at this point. We came in and out of lockdown. And a photo comes up on my Instagram, I've told this story before, of a guy who helped me with my first ever drama school audition. This is going back to 2010. His name's Uli. And it was a, I've always sort of kept up with his acting career because I was very grateful for him helping me with that audition. He calmed my nerves a lot, my anxiety. And uh, he was in this sort of huge American football type of jersey, <laughs> shoulder pads and everything. I was like, that's odd. I mean, look, he has a Polynesian background, where I'm from. If you're Polynesian, you're very good at rugby. (laughs) Um, maybe he's playing rugby. And um, then I noticed it has who posted the photo. All he didn't post the photo, the rock did. And I was like, hold on. And I was half asleep and I rubbed my eyes and I did like a triple take. And I'm like, there's a glitch in, in the Instagram app. Like, why is this happening? And I'm checking and, and, nope, The Rock, Blue Tick, okay. And then the post was the announcement of this show called Young Rock. And the man himself, Talia Uli Latukefu, that's his name, has been cast to play Dwayne Johnson in his mid-20s. And I thought, oh, my God, this guy, like, go him. This is awesome. And also, there's a show about The Rock's life. I <laughs> have, like, what's happening? And I'm, like, leaping out of bed with this. And um, like the, 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 it must be said, The Rock was such an influential person in my childhood, my teenagehood, my early adulthood. What he's done for me personally, I couldn't describe it to you. He completely changed my life and my outlook on so many things. And I went, that's so cool. I'm going to get on that show. I'm doing this. And just this fire just got lit under me that I, that was unlike anything I could describe to you because A, it was a NBC series about my hero and B, I was now one degree removed from the the lead actor. This was so real feeling now. And I think that happens a lot with people is once it enters that one, two degrees of separation from you, you start to go, Oh, this is in my circle now. Not to say Uli was in my circle, but (laughs) you know, um, I can see the path now. So I I said to my agent, I am making it my mission to get on that show. I will, I want an audition for anything on that show. I will sweep the set. I don't care. (laughs) And she said, it's my mission too. Let's do it. And I just, you know, like they say, it gets a bit cliche. I manifested it. But I, but but then what does manifesting really mean? Well, I started thinking more laterally, what do I do to make this happen? I'm a wrestler now. That works to my advantage. I'm going to make a bunch of footage, like a, a tapes, highlight reels of my wrestling stuff. I've had, like, no matches at this point. I'm just training. And it goes on to the first one, two, three, four matches of my career, and I'm just trying to compile everything. And then all of a sudden, the auditions start rolling in for season two. And um, I auditioned to be one of the football players. I auditioned to be Jerry, the King Lawler, you know, a couple of different things rolled in, none of which I was a good fit for, obviously. (laughs) But I thought, okay, that's okay. I'm still going to just treat it like it's, you know, everything. And I will consider this my audition for an audition for the next Mm. role. And when the, you know, jerry the king lawler audition came up i went to my wrestling school the relentless school of pro wrestling in melton victoria and i choreographed a jerry the king lawler match and then i found out that they were casting for jeff jarrett and i thought that i can actually do because i'm the same height and weight as him and okay cool let's do this and i I, you know sort the the audition out I got it. I got the audition. And for two weeks, you couldn't talk to me. I, I couldn't sleep. I, couldn't, I was just like thinking about nothing but Jeff Jarrett, like just obsessed. And um, I sent in like five times as much as what was required for the audition. They did not need a one-minute Jeff Jarrett match, you know, <laughs> but I gave them one. Then I gave him a Simply Irresistible Shine spot. And, I, you know, of course I did. And um, I just did like... Improvising monologues of, of Jeff Jarrett at, at 18 And then again of him at 28 To show the differences And um, I obsessed over it And then I was at work I was actually working on the set Of uh, an Apple TV series Shantaram that will be released later this year And I, I was I was just on the set Working on the crew I found out that I got the role And I screamed, man And I cried <laughs> I cried, and one of the first people I told was Charlie Hunnam from from, um, Sons of Anarchy, uh, who's the main actor in Shantaram. And he was like, bro, I'm so happy for you. That's so cool. And I'm like, what's happening? Like just a few days ago, I was like all in an existential crisis about my acting career, and now Charlie Hunnam's fist bumping me and congratulating me on playing somebody that I idolised growing up. That's how Young Rock happened. Just my my world just was was completely turned upside down in the best way. And with your Australian accent that you
0: have, how hard was it to get into that Memphis Southern accent that Jeff has?
1: I don't know what you're talking about, mate. Which accent? <laughs> <laughs> Jeff has an accent. What? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you have an accent. I don't have an accent. <laughs> yeah so accents has always kind of been like a party trick of mine like i've always really enjoyed doing accents i enjoy impersonating people (laughs) mimicking people it goes back to that thing man of me as a kid like i can't just admire something from a distance and just let it be i have to do it i have to be it that sounds so um weird to say but like i just do and uh so i would do it all the time i would walk around like the living room like impersonating steve austin and the rock and like i was that kid at 11 years old what like yeah that was me (laughs) (laughs) well goddamn son and so when once it came to like southern accents i just found them fun to do and australians by and large and this is very generally speaking are quite good at doing accents because of the way we speak it's all it all gets very nerdy but sort of the, the way our um jaws are placed where our tongues are placed it serves as a good blank canvas so it's easy for us to manipulate it and do other, other accents i always just had a lot of fun with that and um a lot of the times at parties people that knew about this would go james do a an irish accent do a south african accent do a whatever accent and so i was like man i can do a tennessee accent let's do it now there's it's one thing to do a tennessee accent because usually the characters that you play aren't real they're made up so all you got to do is find wherever they're from do that and guess what that's the character's voice now you make the rules right young rock and other sort of biographical pieces are different there's a there's there are answers to these questions this person has a walk they have a voice and you got to get there now that's really hard and you there is some creative license that you have to employ there so all of a sudden accents wasn't my party trick anymore Jeff Jarrett's voice just was something I was always listening to and it's very fortunate that Jeff has a podcast that we have this crisp (laughs) place that I can go to listen to his voice mind you I'm playing Jeff Jarrett at 19 years old Mm -hmm. so I'm watching a lot of that old footage a lot of the old USWA footage and things like that and Working with a dialect coach on set to to get not just the Tennessee accent but his Tennessee accent. So and, and then also the creative license that you have to employ for the speed of the show and things like that. So it was difficult, man, but it was a lot of fun. I love doing accents. It's just like a it's just a childish obsession.
0: Oh, and what's really funny too is uh, is Jeff and I know each other. We we chat back and forth. And when I heard that there was going to be a Jeff Jarrett character, I was like, oh, okay, like, let's see what this guy's got. And then the episode came on. So I played it and I was just like, whoa, (laughs) like you had the walk down, you had the accent down he had the blonde hair and i was like oh my god like that's, that looks like jeff jarrett whoa <laughs> of course the face is a little different but whoa you got the walk you got the accent i was like oh, okay and i looked over at my fiance and i was like that's jeff jarrett <laughs> he's he's pretty good pretty much got it
1: so <laughs> dude that's that's a huge compliment thank you so much that i really appreciate that yeah it was just that was fun and the blonde hair like Just so you know, that was my real hair. That was not a (laughs) wig. And I'm not a blonde. I have dark brown hair. And I grew it out um, because during the lockdowns, all all the hairdressers um, weren't open. Mm -hmm. So I didn't get a haircut for like a year, (laughs) which worked so much to my advantage because by the time I got to set, they could do whatever they wanted. Right. Right. And then there was the option for a wig. And um, I said... Nah, let's not. Because the standards are so high on this show, and they are, man. Yeah. Especially season two, like they they up the ante. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm I'm not being the guy that Dwayne Johnson's over there in Atlanta or wherever he's living now, watching and going, oh, they're all good, but ah, oh, man, the Jeff Jarrett, like, <laughs> no, no. Let's we're we're doing this. We're doing this all out. You do whatever you need to do. So we 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 put my hair from dark to blonde in a in one day. Um, I went through like six bleaches, um, but it was awesome. Like, I love that. I've always loved, um, transforming for a role. I enjoy the the process of a physical transformation. Um, anytime I have to change my look, no matter how small or big, I like that. It helps me in a big way when I get to look in the mirror and go, oh, I see so-and-so now Mm -hmm. I don't see James. That's really helpful. But yeah, I appreciate that, man. Thanks.
0: Oh, and there's definitely something to be said, too, about changing your look for a role to help you get into character there. Mm. I remember uh, I did a scene for one of my acting classes from a play called Angels in America. And um, mm. the character that I was playing, I didn't believe he would have a beard. So as you can see, where we're looking at each other, I have a pretty decent beard going.
1: A b- and beautiful beard.
0: Oh, thank you. <laughs> and so for, ju- and it's just for one scene for a class, but I wanted to do the best that I could with this scene. So I completely shaved. And when I showed up at school, everybody was like, whoa. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm doing this scene for acting and I'd wanted to make sure I got it right. And I think it really mm-hmm. helped because it was a moment of, doing that scene, I could not tell you what I did. It was a moment where I completely sunk into the character. And I want to believe that changing my look helped because if I would have kept this beard, I would have known, okay, I'm acting on stage right now. I'm not actually this person, but Mm. for some reason, changing the look, looking in the mirror and not seeing myself as I am now and seeing how I changed my look for the character that really, really helped. So I I definitely Mm. think there's something to that.
1: I love hearing stuff like that, man. That's so cool. I think that uh, there's a lot of tactility involved in acting um, and I think it can't be overstated, like how much physical sensations can really help, mm-hmm. um, whether it's the clothes you're wearing, that, yeah, even just shaving your beard off, like you said, and just probably little things like feeling the wind against your your face in areas you usually would and it just gives right. you a different sensation. Like for me, there's a lot of roles where, I just feel like I'm doing a rotten job until I put, like, really heavy boots on and I feel more grounded. Yeah, physical sensations and, and um, tactility in acting, I think, is extremely important. And, and I I find, for me anyway, costume has a lot to do with it. Like, putting on that 1980s outfit, man, that I was in in episode four, oh, there, there ain't no James anywhere in that. So, like... <laughs> There ain't nowhere to go from there, but in character.
0: <laughs> I wish I would have had the the thought for heavy boots because that was one critique that I always, always had was I would move my feet too much while I was acting. And I don't mm. know if it was like nerves or maybe that bit of anxiety that I have that I was always moving my feet, shuffling my feet. Mm. Yeah, man, heavy boots. That's a good one. I need to remember that if I ever get back on the stage.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a good little trick, man. Yeah.
0: Love it. So, have you had a chance to meet The Rock yet?
1: No, he hasn't had the chance to meet me. I mean, sorry, I haven't had the chance to meet (laughs) him. No, I haven't. Um, There was like a rumor going around that he would like rock up to production in January, which was when I was filming. But no, he did all of his filming in Hawaii, which, um, you know, would have also made it a lot easier for him during COVID uh, domestic travel. So, no, I didn't, but I'd love I'd love the chance to one day, not just as, like, the complete mark that I am, but, like, <laughs> but also just, as, you know, just, like, one man to another just to, to thank him because he did a lot for me. Like, my mum's even reminded me in the last couple of years, like, you know, he helped you a lot as a kid. Like, in your early, early mental health sort of struggles, you used to get lost in him some of the stuff that even later in my in my uh, early 20s when he had that that second run uh, in wrestling mm-hmm. and he almost it's almost like his gimmick changed a little bit to his real self and it became very predicated on i don't want to say motivational things but like you know he would talk about drive a lot, I think, you know, like he had the team bring it thing instead of just bring it and things like that. And and they might've just been t-shirts to some people, but to me, it, to me, it's never that simple. And it really did speak to me like team bring it. Yeah. I'm, I'm a part of team bring it. I can do that. Like, yeah. And it would help. And I would look at him and how he was leading his life. And I go, he's kind of doing what I want to do. He's balancing a career between acting and wrestling. And I thought that was impossible. And I would love to get the opportunity to really sincerely thank him uh, one day because uh, he he gave a kid in the suburbs of Melbourne something to believe in.
0: Yeah, I hope that you get the chance to do that because I definitely understand the the feeling of having somebody to look up to when you're going through that mental struggle. Mine for me is uh, an Indian actor named Amitabh Bachchan. And if I ever had the honor and privilege to meet him, I would do the exact same thing. Like, Hey man, you completely changed my life. I owe a huge debt of gratitude to you. Thank you so much. So I can totally relate to how
1: you feel about the rock. That's awesome. Let's let's make a deal, man. If we ever meet the person that the other person wants to thank, we will FaceTime each other and introduce each. (laughs) Yes. If I meet meet this guy, I promise you, I will FaceTime you. (laughs) Oh, man. And
0: I promise I will FaceTime you if I ever just happen to run into the rock somewhere.
1: (laughs) Awesome, dude. You got a better chance than I do. You're on the right side of the world.
0: (laughs) So is uh, Double J coming back for season three or do you not know yet? Is it just kind of up in the air?
1: Yeah, I don't know, man. So season 3 is I believe being uh it's airing in November of this year, like way less than a year mm-hmm. um, after season 2. So I'm not sure it's I believe being filmed in LA this time around, not okay. on the Gold Coast like it was this time around. It was filmed in my hometown for season 1 and season 2, which was great, which is kind of what gave me the opportunity to to, to go for the role and get the role and all of this, so yeah, I don't know. It, it, coming back, um, I would love to do season three, but it there might there's a lot more logistically to think about um, with the with the location and such. But hey, man, I picked up my new passport yesterday, so I'm ready to go, dude. Once that phone rings, I'm on the next flight. If they if they want simply irresistible, if they want double J, hell, if they want to go. All the way in the future and have the last outlaw. I'm down.
0: (laughs) Well, you could definitely do it. I I have full faith in that. (laughs) So are you aware of what
1: your strengths and weaknesses are as an actor? And if so, what would you say that they are? I like to think that I am. Of course, they probably change a lot. I think that my strengths as an actor, it's always kind of funny to talk about, isn't it? I I don't think we check in with ourselves enough with that. I think that maybe what I bring a lot in acting as a strength would be a sense of sincerity, a sense of groundedness. I've heard the term earthiness get thrown around. Yeah, I I think that that is something that, you know, whether it's a a character role or, or, you know, comedic, dramatic, whatever. Uh, I like to think that that's something that I can bring to the table and have a nice chemistry with other actors. Um, I, I take it very personally. I take text very personally. As far as a weakness, look, I can probably, can probably tend to over overthink a lot of things, which will um, in all likelihood bring in some weaknesses. I do go into my head a lot and sort of, which goes back to a lot of what I was saying before about how I cocoon myself when I'm in depression and things like that. I can do the same thing when I'm concentrating, mm-hmm. I'm very introverted and things like that. And, and that, that can create some weaknesses, but I'm always working on that. Every project is an opportunity to, to iron those things out. Yeah.
0: Do you have a bucket list of actors or directors that you want to work with eventually down the road?
1: Yeah, it's long. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My big, one, my big one growing up was I always wanted to share the screen with Al Pacino. That oh. was my, that was my number one. He was my favorite actor growing up. Huge. Nowadays, I have it, it turns into more a director's thing. There are a lot of directors I want to work with. I'd love to work with baz Lumen one day mm. um i just saw elvis the other night actually it was a really great film i would love to work with like the coen brothers mm. um you know i love these guys you know tarantino obviously i might be getting a little late for that because i think he's he's given some sign that he's wrapping up soon yeah but i'd love i'd love to have worked with tarantino um those very stylistic directors nolan i mean come on like i would adore the opportunity to work with nolan and actors look man let's share the screen with the rock that'd be sick i don't know if we'd i don't know if we'd fit on frame together the guy's about a full foot taller than me but (laughs) um but i'd love that love to work with um uh bradley cooper i think he's extremely underrated yeah there's there's a there's a long list man
0: yeah, I man, can you imagine you share a likeness with James McAvoy and Bradley Cooper? So if, <laughs> if you got to have the same screen with them, oh man. I see, especially right now with your laughing, I see a lot more James McAvoy for sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's cool. I like James McAvoy. I think he's a good dude. He's super um, talented. Brad, yeah, Bradley Cooper, when I have sort of shorter hair, it used to be daily, like actually daily. <laughs> People I've never met before in shops would go, anyone told you you look like Bradley Cooper? I was like, yeah, dude. It, uh, yeah, a lot, man. Like a lot, a lot. You look like that guy from The Hangover.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you've mentioned quite a few times that you've also trained to be a professional wrestler. So did this more like, okay, I need a plan B if acting doesn't work out, or you were just like, I'm chasing both of these dreams. <laughs> One of them's got to work out.
1: <laughs> yeah, the latter. Absolutely. It was just chase, just all in, man. Yeah. Plan B never had one. I just never had one. And, and I know that you've asked, uh, you've asked guests in the past about, about a plan B. I, no, nah, there was never another option for me. Um, I had a plan A and now I have two plan A's. I remember I, I had like a, a wrestling trivia book when I was a kid. I'd like a WWE trivia book. And I used to just read it as it just, was just a little nerd. I wasn't asking. I didn't have any friends. <laughs> I was just reading it on my own. And one of the questions, and it was a multiple choice. It was, um, what was X-Park's plan B outside of wrestling? And one of the, uh, the the answer was something D or whatever. He never had a plan B. And I thought, X-Park did okay for himself. Yeah. Like, okay, cool. <laughs> that that's that's all the the you know permission I needed to never have to think about anything else but acting and or wrestling. Should I have had a plan B? Yeah probably. I think I think having a plan B is an extremely wise decision and and I would uh, give people the advice to have a plan B. Just don't you know have one, but live as though you don't have one. Live as though plan A is your only option, but have the other option there just as a sneaky little secret. But acting and wrestling are, two passions I hold one in each hand and I run with both and my philosophy on it now is I am pushing as hard as I can in both and the moment there is a crack in the wall or crack in the door whatever the expression is in either I run through
0: no, that's great. That is a fantastic way to look at it. And, you know, being a wrestler too also means you're putting on a performance for a crowd of people. So what similarities do you see between acting
1: and wrestling and what differences are there as well? Almost none. When I started at uh, training at Relentless to be a wrestler, um, I found myself in the first few lessons constantly saying to myself, oh, that's, uh, that." I learned that in second year at VCA at, at acting school. Oh, that's um, yeah, that's that's the grotowski method. Oh, that's the you know, the 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 Strasbourg method. That's the I just started putting it in my own language because I had a developed language in acting. Now there is a wrestling language. They say go up light for a body slam or a or a suplex or whatever. So they would say you got to go up light, and they're kind of trying to explain to you what that means. And I go, oh it's second year Grotowski yeah I understand yeah cool yeah, yeah you're shifting your <laughs> center of gravity so they, yeah okay cool yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I'm putting it in 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 these terms almost dancing terms really right um I think re- I think wrestling is more um you know how people say in wrestling it ain't ballet mm-hmm. I hate that expression <laughs> I think I think we should kill that expression dead because yes it is and guys like yes it is i think that wrestling is more comparable to ballet than it is to actual wrestling mm. to amateur olympic style wrestling because if you ever do any ballet dude it's everywhere and it, and that's a wonderful thing also ballerinas are badasses We're like total badasses oh yeah that shit's pain that shit's painful man but yes uh, acting wrestling uh completely similar Um, Obviously, my acting history helped tremendously with the promo and character side of things. Um, I'm also, I have a history of theatre making. So, a little bit of producing, writing for for stage, things like this. I've co-produced, performed, written what's called an immersive roving piece of theatre where the the theatre piece moves around a city. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the audience comes with you. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so we did that. In the city of Melbourne, we did it in a regional, rural town, and here in Victoria. Um, so that also helps me think compositionally, mm. which really is is a a tool that wrestlers use that I don't think they're all aware that they're using. Is this compositional tool, creating a character, creating a story? So I have a bit of a mind for that. So that character aspect is a huge tool for me because you know I'm I'm 31. I don't necessarily have the next 10 years to do a bunch of impressive moves. I ain't Will Ospreay. Right. <laughs> and right now, yeah, I'm doing I'm I'm doing certain athletic things. I have a certain athletic style, but I understand that's not forever. And it's this compositional Aspect, it's this storytelling aspect that I believe will be my main vehicle, it'll be my secret weapon going forward. I trust myself out there in front of an audience to perform to the back row because theater taught me how to do that. I trust myself to play to the camera at ringside because film and TV taught me that. There it is almost indistinguishable the worlds of acting and wrestling, which is just great news for me because it gives me that secret weapon to work with
0: what are the ways that you're going to continue following these dreams of acting and wrestling do you have a particular end game in sight or a, a major goal that
1: you're working towards for both let's um let's for now just think of just like a light dream just something really modest like um the I don't know, the universal championship in one hand and an Oscar in the other. I don't know. Just something really... <laughs> yeah, really modest. Um, it's just really modest, man. Not not too much. It's it's hard sometimes, I think, in these two professions or in any creative endeavor to draw a very comprehensive path in in career development. It's different to a lot of business endeavors in that way where you can kind of draw out a business model and you know in in x amount of years i hope to make this amount of growth and whatever it's a creative medium and it's it's completely it can be up to the whims of other people so you kind of have to make your your growth decisions and your pathway you have to sort of broaden them a little bit so acting young rock has really helped in that it gives me a certain credit to my name that I can use to my advantage to keep pushing, to again just keep pushing and to put myself out there more, to highlight the physical aspect of my skill set, um, the character acting side of my skill set. And to, uh, I think, something that wrestling has taught me to bring into my acting career is this idea of self promotion it basically being a carny, right? Mm -hmm. Because this is what wrestlers are good at is they find creative ways to self-promote. Now, sometimes in acting, you can fall into the machine way of thinking of, well, it's up to those people. And so I just need to wait and leave it up to those people. Wrestling's taught me to bring a little bit of that carny attitude in and go, no, I'm pushing harder than that. As far as wrestling goes, Very much the same deal. Uh, Right now, I'm working on getting as much experience as I can. This is the thing. I've been an actor for 15 years. I've been a wrestler for one. Mm. So, I understand these two things do not operate on the same level. I'm paying my dues in the wrestling industry right now. I'm still out there setting up rings, training as hard as I can, as often as I can, trying to get as much footage compiled as I can And take advice from everybody around me. As well as that, as far as career development for wrestling, develop a very broad range of learning styles, similar to acting. There's a lot of techniques, a lot of methods. And you develop a utility belt over time of what yours is. Um, And I just want to keep working on that. I would love to get some overseas experience with wrestling. Um, I'd love to come over to the States one time. Double J himself has publicly expressed some interest in, uh, in teaming up with the unprecedented James Bolton. <laughs> so we will, um, I, look, that'd be a, a huge opportunity for me. So I think that the, the commonality between the two is self-promote, push yourself out there, keep learning.
0: Yeah, can you imagine that story of the last outlaw, Jeff Jarrett, teaming up with the unprecedented <laughs> James Bolton? how different those personalities are coming together. That would tell me about it.
1: (laughs) Tell me about it, man. I might have to go blonde again.
0: (laughs) All right, James, this has been an incredible chat. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to speak with me. Go ahead and this will be your time. Plug anything you're currently doing. Let everybody know where they can find you on social (laughs) media. Anything that you want to plug right now. This is your time.
1: Uh, You can find me on Instagram, which is what I use the most. Uh, I am on Twitter, Facebook and all of that, but I'm mainly on Instagram. I have two accounts uh, because I work the gimmick, man. I keep them them separate. Uh, You want to follow me? uh, I am at James Bolton Actor. If if you want to follow my wrestling character, everything on my wrestling Instagram is posted in gimmick as the unprecedented James Bolton, who is here to hashtag kick the door down. Uh, that is at this is jab, at this is jab, uh, underscores for spaces. But if you follow at James Bolton Actor, there'll be a link to, to put you through to that um, and so on. In a couple of weeks on July 23rd, if there are any listeners uh, in Australia or in Victoria, um, I'm going to be wrestling for my home promotion, Mayhem Pro, up in uh, the town of Bacchus Marsh, getting more experience working actually i will be wrestling uh another actor from young rock it'll be jeff jarrett versus brutus the Barber, beefcake oh. the unprecedented james bolton versus slade mercer i cannot wait uh to continue proving myself uh in that world uh but yeah go ahead and follow um i love to interact things like that uh yeah
0: All right. Well, thank you again, James. This has been a real treat. This was an amazing chat and I really hope everybody else really, really enjoys it as well. For James Bolton, I am Raji and we will catch you all next time.